This is Live from the Table, a Comedy Cellar affiliated podcast coming at you on Sirius XM 99 Raw Dog and the Laugh Button Podcast Network. This is Dan Natterman coming at you with Noam Dorman, owner of the world famous Comedy Cellar. We have Perry Ashenbrand here. She is she does what she does, and she's been defined as a producer. She's been defined as a booker. Present. Uh, that was not her. We also have behind the scenes our uh, wizard, our audio and video wizard, Nicole Lyons is with us. She doesn't say a lot, and when she does, it's usually she's usually hard to read. Uh, we also have with us Jonathan <laughs> Randall. Jonathan Randall is uh, he's a comedian, he's an actor, he's a writer. He lives in New York. He's performed all over the place. He's been in commercials. His grandmother recently turned ninety-nine. Wow. And he, gra- get the grandmother on. And he wrote her a heartfelt <clears throat> birthday card. That's one of his writing credits. Let's hear it. I don't know if he knows it. Uh, uh, he, he has it uh, memorized. Oh, I thought you were looking at it. Okay, sorry. No, it's actually just a joke part of my bio. My grandma actually j- recently just turned 100. Wow. I need to update that. Did oh. she really? Is she, she still really walking around? 100. She is still walking around. Is she around. still coherent? She's still coherent. That's How a, coherent? That's amazing. Totally have a conversation with you, no problem. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, we she's, should get her. She can still be racist. She yeah. can still be anti the liberal agenda. All of it. No problem. Where does she live? That is coherent. She lives in Boca Raton with all oh, with our people. They're old Jews. Yeah. Um, Jonathan also hosts a podcast with our, well, he's my friend anyway. Um, right? Jordan Ferber. Jordan yeah, Ferber. American Jew. American Jew. Who's, uh, what's his name? Jordan Ferber. Related, he, looks like, re- he looks like Fisher Stevens. I don't know who that is. Okay, go ahead. Uh, and 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 uh, of late, Jonathan has taken up the Palestinian cause with, I would say, with a great vigor, and uh, and more and more Jews, I suppose, are doing that. But we'll talk about that uh, in a bit. First, I do have a couple of housekeeping questions for Noam. We like to start with just some. Oh, and also, Jonathan brought some champagne for. There's, no guest has ever brought us a gift. Well, happy New Year! I'm so thrilled to be on the show. Thank this you. is the third pot, first our first episode of 2023. Jonathan is our uh, our first guest of 23. So, um, and Jonathan brought us some champagne. Can I open champagne, champagne now? You can certainly do that. Uh, no, no one's ever brought us a gift. But that's yeah, what well, I just it's said. usually a promotional gift, like their own book or something. You know. You didn't introduce Noam. <laughs> I think I think did. I did. I think he said he was the owner, but he needs no introduction. He did, he did. But he's the owner of the comedy. So but you did, you did. Do no, us. Noam. I noticed. Housekeeping. Go ahead. I noticed that on the website for Vegas for the Vegas room. I'm going to be there in February, by the way. <sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> some of the some of the shows have typically they have four comedians. Some of the shows lately have had five. Is there any reason for that? Uh, plus, plus the MC, so Mark Cohen, and then five other comedians instead of four. Uh, who, I don't know if there's any if that uh, means anything. Or from time to time, you know, somebody you know uh, is it is going to be in town unexpectedly. Someone is good. We'll add a, we'll add a comedian or something. You know, just because it's uh, you know it's better make the show better. Okay, so there's no there's no change policy change. It's just that somebody happened to be in town or what have you. Yeah, no no policy change. Just you know whatever. It's, it's probably you know opt for more. Comedians, because do you think more is better? Do I think more is better? It depends on who the um, acts are. I, I I generally think rule of thumb is that um, shorter spots are better. I mean, like, I, but you know how I am. I told you, like, I I'd never been to a Broadway show that at intermission I wasn't like, I just just wish it was over now. <laughs> like, I never like, I can't wait for the second act. Even if the second act is good, I'm always I always it's always longer than I wish it would be. So. I'm but not, shorter acts, but more acts mean the show is the same length. I, I'm just saying in general, 
the law of diminishing enchantment kicks in. I, I, you've seen somebody for 10, 15 minutes is enough. Usually, usually, unless, Wait, so unless, if, unless they're really doing something magical. So if you have, if you add another... Ah, you did that on purpose. <laughs> let, let, let the audience know that it's okay, Nicole. It's, it's okay that the that the champagne um, overflowed a bit. <coughs> not COVID, by the way. I just have a little cough. Probably later. Right, cool. I'm not afraid of COVID, anyways. COVID so you're saying survive. unless they're doing something magical, you think less is typically more. Less is yeah. Less is usually more. You don't agree? Um, probably. Uh, but at the same time, some comics. Well, if you're watching somebody's hours hour long special, somebody you know, how often? Well, I tell are you not wishing it would be over? <laughs> well, I'm a comic, like, so like, uh, no, no, that's not not because you're a comic. You're 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 entertaining like anybody else. Well, I don't know, but I I think with regard to comedy, some comics that uh, you know it might take uh, you know longer to for you to get into their rhythm, and little... and other comics, uh, you know, but uh, but in general, I think variety being the spice of life. Um, it's not you know, how you pour champagne. Okay, you do it, Perriol. It's, it's, uh, it's not man's work. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what did, oh, wow. Wait. <laughs> you're going to get sexist with wait, uh, what, what did you say, Noam? Just, 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 but what did you say about the champagne? said it's not what? Pouring champagne? Yeah. It's well, obviously I was doing it wrong. I said it's not man's work. It was just a dumb joke. Calm down, everybody. Cut that out, Nicole. I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> no, I want that to be the clip. Now, oh, John <laughs> Randall. Oh, yeah, that's great, yeah. <laughs> John Randall, by the way, is is a fine comic. I don't know if you've ever seen him, no. No, I haven't seen him. But uh, might might he send you a clip? Of course. Awesome. You don't need my Thank permission. You. Here, Jonathan, uh, I'm not sure if you're interested in working here or not. Of course I'm interested in working in the best comedy. We, we have a bi- I have a big beef with my whole organization about this because, um, so for instance, this guy, uh, Tyler Fisher, you know, who's, who's killing. He was on the show last week. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, uh, he, he's been he's been playing all over town forever, right? I didn't know about him. Nobody in my organization um, scanned him out. He didn't submit a thing, and I, and I heard about him through like the most roundabout way by from this woman I know. And she wanted me to see this guy, and kind of I'm going to bring him down to meet you. And I didn't want to insult her, so like I agreed to meet him. Then he sent me a tape, and it turns out he's doing very very well, you know. So like, who else is out there? Maybe 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 Mr. Randall here. Like, who else is out there? Who's great that I don't know about? And, and it's like, as I said to somebody, um, do you think the New York Yankees don't know every single person, you know, in the minors and exactly how good they are? It's crazy that we don't know. Well, who's in, every... char- who's in charge of that? Who's... I am, Dan. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tyler's the buck stops here. Mine. I think he actually did like uh, like audition once before over here, or at least for like Liz, he, he auditioned. <laughs> I don't know. <coughs> I'd never heard of him before. But yeah, he's amazing. I, I've done a lot, a bunch of videos with him. And uh, someone else. I mean, you can just like look at the other club's websites, Noam, and see who's on. And if there's a name that you're unfamiliar with, just, you know. Just yes, there are exactly hundreds right. Of no, no. That's and, or, or delegate that those duties to whomever might, uh, you know, yeah. do that. In any case, so, uh, I, so when you say, can he send you a clip? Well, of course he can send me a clip. Like, who needs, I need the comics more than the comics need to work at the club. Yeah, and yet the other clubs don't seem to operate on that principle. Well, that speaks for itself. I mean, <laughs> I'm serious. Like what? It's like, it. I need the we 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 do our business by presenting the best comedians, right? 
So how do I not need the best comedians? I could probably give you a list of five comedians well, that you've never heard of that are. Uh, yeah, Perry, I, okay. I don't need your okay. your politically correct woke uh, affirmative action okay. list of comedians. <laughs> I need. <laughs> All right, keep, keep taking years to find them. Then no, That's I'm kidding. Fine. I'm kidding. No, I absolutely. No, yeah. now forget it. I'm not going to send them to. No, you know I'm kidding. Anyway, what that you don't think my political inclinations are woke bullshit? That's the part that you're kidding about. It's not the political inclinations are woke. That was just being. I was just being a little, you know, outrageous. But I, I sometimes think that maybe you're too um, snobby. There's a word for it. Wow. Did you meet two of them at a Black Lives Matter protest, and the other ones at a Me Too one? You you don't understand how like pedestrian I am about this stuff. I just no, I do actually. Yeah. I understand. No, very why don't well. you just put like a laugh meter in the room and like a little seismograph machine, and then whoever gets makes the most noise, that's who you. That's who you. It's post. almost that simple. It's not quite that simple. No, that's not true. You've told me about people that you fought for who have proved to be just, you know, the best of the best, brilliant, hilarious, that are some of your personal favorites that in the beginning, everybody else was like, I don't think so. If a comedian is going for laughs, like punchline to a show, you know, laugh, then uh, an applause meter or a laugh meter would probably work better than the typical human who reports to me, who gets sucked up in personal relationships and their idea of what's funny and blah, blah, blah. But not every comedian succeeds just on punchline laughs. Some comedians succeed by being interesting. Yes, but that's harder to measure. And that, and that's that's right. That's exactly my point. So that's that's not easily measurable. That you have unless to be, they're already famous, and then you let them do what they want. Yeah, but you, so you have to be in the room and kind of be uh, emotionally sensitive to what's going on in the room and how people are really taking it in. But other than that, yeah. I mean, my father used to say, "You don't even need to speak the language to know who the funny comedians are." It's funny. You could just, you could just... Jonathan. What do you think of that? Are you disgusted by this 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 uh, this attitude? No, I, I think it, you can't just judge a comedian by the amounts of laughs because I've seen some like hacky, horrible comics absolutely tear up a room, and comics that I feel are more brilliant and are actually saying something that don't do as well. But still, I. But would... from a business owner's point of view, which I agree with, but from a business owner's point of view. He's happy with what you might regard as a hack, I suppose. No, I don't think so. Are you? Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are you? I don't think so. I think you actually, in spite of yourself, have a very keen... I, I don't think the audience, to be honest, I don't think the audience is uh, that it doesn't embrace hacks that easily. I think there are a lot of people who are called hacks. Natterman got called a hack one time. One time yeah. by the by the uh, by the owners of the stand, the good people of the stand. Right. So, but but that's an important point because this is what the experts, the experts, right, who understand. Like they say, no, Natterman's a hack. But this is my point being that this term hack gets thrown around mm -hmm. very loosely, like very loosely. So I don't know what someone's definition of a hack is. Um, if it applies to anyone, though, it seems like Dan's the last person. No, Dan, that's that's my point. I, yeah, and um, uh, like somebody like Frankie Pace, who used to do, who was a very gifted prop act, who was the first comedian on SNL, uh, which shows you, you know, Lord Michaels held him in high regard. The comedians used to call him a hack no end, until he stopped using his props and um, you know just became an ordinary comedian. But when he 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 was just a gifted 
physical comic. Mm-hmm. Like unbelievable. He used to destroy. Like you you had the laughs would shake the building because he was so funny. And I enjoyed it no end. And my friends enjoyed it. And my father enjoyed it. So somebody can tell me he's a hack. I don't give a shit. Right. Like, you know, I thought it was really funny. So, you know, whatever. I think Natterin's really funny. Do I care that somebody called him a hack? But it, it is really worth considering that somebody as as important in the industry, as it were, as the owners of, you know, one of the best clubs in the country would use that term so loosely. Mm. So, you know, you have to be very careful when you hear well, that. I what did that. you do, Dan? Did you, like, knock, knock. At the time, I didn't give a shit. They, no, it was yeah, that cringe humor. Have... But, but Rob, Robert Kelly organized a summit meeting with me and Pat Milligan. And, like, I think we recorded it for, like, a podcast back in the days when podcasts were audio only and we discussed it. There really was nothing to discuss. He's entitled to his opinion. I strongly disagree with it. And anyway, I've, I don't work to stand very often. Uh, they're not, they don't, they've never embraced me. Um, for whatever reason, but that's fine. Um, because they don't. Like they they might they they might still consider me that. I just don't care. You know, if you're I mean, Robert Kelly made a big deal of it. Dan, you got to talk to Patrick Milligan. They're calling you. It's like well, people have their everybody's. No matter who you are, someone's going to not like you. You know, if you're. I mean, you know. I mean, did you hear? Did you see Zarna got some like a vicious yeah. hate? Yeah. Uh, and she gets a lot of it actually. From what? Just a, a, a comment on TikTok or Instagram saying how she's not funny. People just, you know, she's got a funny accent. That's the only reason anybody cares. Whatever. But, like, you know, and she posted it, you know, and said, oh, you know. This but aren't the haters part of being successful? That's what I'm saying. The mo- like, if you're not, you haven't succeeded unless you have. I don't have enough haters. I mean, I need more, quite honestly. <laughs> right? If you're not pissing somebody off, you're not doing something right. And speaking of pissing people off, <laughs> I guess that's as good a segue as any. Yeah. Well, is that all we're going to talk about? We're talking about now. We're going to talk about John Randall's um, oh, Israel again, Dan. Well, that that's <laughs> a major reason I brought him on. Okay, go, go. And you said, and you said, yeah, let let's and because you, because I don't veto guests. I do. No, but you, you seemed excited there. about having him on for that reason. <clears throat> he just wants to make you happy. Go ahead. All right. Well, <laughs> he, he hates Israel. <laughs> I don't hate Israel. <laughs> I do not I, I, hate. First Israel. of all, let me just I say hate some of Israel's actions. Let me just say he's a Jew. You're a Jew, right? I'm a Jew. I grew up. Let orthodox. me just say, John Randall. You grew up Orthodox. Yeah. That might be part of the problem. He's traumatized. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I see a lot. It happens true. all the time. A Holocaust surviving kids. They often they they they're not right in the head. So right away, but. Um, there's, there's a theory that trauma can be passed on genetically. I, I, I don't. Well, whether it's genetic it, it's, or the environment, ep, ep, it's, is it called epigenetics or something? Something like that. Well, I don't. I don't know about that, but it can certainly be passed on in terms of if nutty people be, you know, they're you're they're in the environment. How yeah. orthodox did you grow up? Like modern orthodox. Where? You no, know, in Miami Beach, Florida. Anyway, I just want to put your mind at ease. Noam does not. If Noam doesn't want use you here, it's because he doesn't think you're funny, not because of your politics. Okay. Oh, I don't yeah. care about that. Yeah. Noam, in fact, Noam almost prefers to have people work here that he can argue with because he enjoys it so. Okay, I'll stop so, being so, so feel agreeable. feel free to voice your uh, your. Um, if you don't get work, if you send me your tape and I don't, and I don't use you. It's because I think you're a hack. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, good to know. <laughs> At least I'm in good company. But, but, Natterman. But I, is... no, I noticed Jonathan Randall, because I'm on TikTok, which is a new thing for me in 22. Oh, just, I'll, just, I'll send your tape to, to SD and Liz. That's what go this Thank is the you. most fucked up job right. interview I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. It's nice It's to not me. an interview because it all rides on the fucking tape. And, and, and I've said this before, but someday we'll explain to our children 
do you know why they call it tape? <laughs> do you know they literally used to... They're like, what? It used to be literally well, I think tape. you can explain that even to a, gener- uh, a Generation Z person who's mm-hmm. like a 22-year-old probably doesn't know that. Yeah, but there still is some tape out there. They seem to say whatever. But at some point... I don't know. Nicole Lyons, have you seen actual tape? I don't know if I have. I'm also the last year of millennials, for the record. But you're, I thought you were Gen Z. Nope. 96 is millennial. You are wow. No, I'm in, in any event, is, 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 at some point, it's like one of those words like we, when we learn about why something in the 1700s was called something. It's like, oh, is that? Wow, that's so interesting. Anyway, go ahead. Send me your tape. I will. Well, uh, also, rewind. Is rewind do we too. still say rewind? Yeah. When we, so rewind, because you actually wound it. It was wound. Yeah. With a pencil, remember? You so now when we rewind something, it has nothing to do with winding, but we still say rewind. So what do you think? Backtrack? Back, well, backtrack's another, I guess. Um, no, I don't know where now. the etymology is of that. Unstream but, it? Uh, Jonathan Randall has taken up the cause. Spe- of the speaking p- of forgetting uh, these things, you know. Okay, so we'll get to Tell it. us why you don't care about the Holocaust anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't real. All right, I had a lecture with Mel Gibson's father, and it totally opened my eyes. Let me, let me just say how this started, is I saw Jonathan on TikTok Promote. You've got a hundred thousand followers on TikTok, by the way. Yeah. How oh, many of the huge market for self-hating? How Jews. many of those? <laughs> how many of those? True. That's my handle at selfhatingjew.com. How many of those would you attribute to your position on Israel Palestine? Sixty-five thousand to seventy. Oh wow. So, in other words, even if Noam convinces you. <coughs> That maybe you may, you're wrong. You can't possibly admit it. No, you can't. You admit it for the. I post videos all the time calling out, you know, terrorist acts on Israelis, and all lose, you know, a couple thousand followers every time we do it. But like, who gives a shit? It's just a number, you know. It's just I, like I'm not in it just to get followers. Like I'm trying to like say something and make the world a better place. Yeah, I think Netanyahu follows you, and I think is going to be very influenced <laughs> I by. I think uh, he does. Some uh, hack uh, Jewish Ishmar comedian. Ben Gavir is a big, uh, big fan. Anyway, you saw. I don't know how we should start. Should we start with the with the movie Farha that he's that that he recently promoted on his uh, TikTok? Sure, I, I didn't Farha see. Tantura is another documentary. Oh, I, I read I read a I read a review of Tantura by Benny Morris, and he said it's all bullshit. But I, I, I don't know. But but I wouldn't. I would be very reluctant to contradict the man who exposed literally the 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 uh, Israeli massacres and uncovered them and took the beatings that he did for spelling them out to the world. He said that this movie Tantora is not reliable at all. That's what he said. I mean, it has like. <laughs> Testimonies from you can you, know, you can read he, his review. He talks I'll, about. I'll he, have to check out his talks review. But but no, you would agree. Yeah, that massacres likely and maybe. Oh no, this this is not this is not in question that there was a uh, 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 six seven hundred something like that ma- uh, people killed in uh, you know massacred. You know, absolutely. This is not. Everybody knows this. I've never. I don't think everybody does know it though. But like, people, it is. It's like <laughs> it's not plenty a dispute. Of, plenty of histor- Israeli historians have like said that the, these massacres happened. But there is a lot of covering up, and especially just you know, I know the way I was brought up. There's a story of you know how Israel was created, and it kind of oh, yeah. leaves that, out it, a lot of the parts of you know the Palestinian people really getting fucked. There was well, that's another matter. But yeah, the there was um. Uh, there was a time when we never heard about these things, but 
since for the last 30 years, I'd say, this is no longer in dispute by people who were informed about the history of Israel. I know. But can we start? I haven't, with- I haven't met anybody who denies that. And, what what's Jonathan's position though? Just for because for some context of like what's going on here. My position is for a peaceful coexistence between Israel and Palestine. I want a two state solution, but I believe that there needs to be some uh, more accountability, acknowledgement on the Jewish side, and I do feel a little more compelled to call out the human rights abuses from Israel because they are my people and a lot of them do kind of like use Judaism, hide behind anti-Semitism. And I think it, it hurts us more than it helps us. But will, will you acknowledge that prob- I, I my guess is 90% of the people that are your fans for this uh, on, on TikTok don't want a two-state solution? I wouldn't say that many, but definitely there are a large number. But Like, there's a reason they don't want it, because of the actions that keep happening, because of all the denying. I think that maybe, you know, it's amazing how many comments I get, how many DMs I get with people being like, you're a Jew? There are Jews out there in the world like you? Like, we had no idea. Like, oh my gosh, it's totally changed my perspectives. Oh, there's something different between being Jewish and being like a strong Zionist or whatever. And like, oh, or people being like, oh my gosh, I live in Israel and I don't want to go to the army. I don't know what to do. I don't feel like I have a voice. Thank you for like making these videos. And I feel like it, it like it, there are things that need to be said that aren't said. And people just have, especially a lot of Muslim people, a lot of Palestinian people, they just have one perception of Jews, which is people coming into their homes or homes of family or relatives and kicking them out or abusing them or kids they know getting killed and all these things that that's all they know is trauma from Israel. Look, I, I, uh, we, I mean, we could probably start the story from the beginning, from the 1890s or 1910, 1920, and I'm not somebody who feels that you should hold your tongue. You know, some people say, you know, not in front of the goyim. Like, you know, don't, don't, do, and, and this is some of the black community feels this way. You know, don't, don't say these front things in front of white people. Don't say these things in front of non-Jews. I don't, I don't believe that at all. You should be able to say whatever is true. <clears throat> Having said that, um, to make your cause to focus, uh, to, to make common cause with the people who do hate Israel and hate Jews and have always, regardless of whether or not there's a human rights violation, is something I think is is very tricky and something you should really think about very carefully because, and, and, and how you do it. You should never be put in a position of denying something that's true or becoming a hypocrite. However, it is worth rehearsing to people who have no idea, I assume you do, but maybe you don't know, how it is that Israel finds itself in this situation. Because at some point, when you have a situation uh, of war and murder and occupation, the indictment uh, has to be compared to what can be expected from the human race? And in my opinion, 
comparatively to almost any similar conflict you could possibly name, Israel's record is three times, ten times as good as any other country in a similar situation. What we're seeing now in uh, in uh, in Russia, you know, is uh, is a imagine uh, imagine Ukraine beats back the Russians after being attacked, and then the world demands that Ukraine give back the territory that they were attacked from. That that wouldn't happen, you know. Um, so. Uh, you know, in, in any war, get back. What about not pushing forward anymore? What about getting mad at them for continuing to push forward? Yeah, th- yeah. Get well. Yeah, I don't think they should push forward. But it, I mean, but Israel it, but still it, but is. is. That, but is that the heart of the matter here? So how did how did they how is it that um, they came to uh, have the nineteen forty eight borders? I mean, you know, the, the it's, it's a simple the, answer. It's a long well. They, you, you they, and, you, the Arab population wasn't happy with the UN. The UN partition. The UN is yeah. something we all. Right, the I mean, UN partition. when it's convenient, we point to the UN two four three UN resolutions. Violate UN partitioned this land, just like they, just like India and Pakistan were partitioned, right. just like many other countries were partitioned. Um, they partitioned the land because the because the Arabs weren't happy about the Jews there at all, and immediately every Arab nation attacked. Right? Is that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there was a little bit more to it. They wanted, uh, you know, there was different options for the land. And, you know, after Theodore the U- Herzl after, really wanted... No, no, after the UN set borders, that could have been the end of the whole that matter. That could have been the end of the whole matter. And it wasn't the Jews who rejected it. It was the Arabs who rejected it. And, and then there was attacks. And this is why it's important. And in those attacks, and by the way, some of the people who were in these in the Jewish defense at the time, had just gotten out of concentration camps. Benny Morris writes about this too. So the psychology is not good for, uh, you know, super humanitarian soldiering. But in this tit-for-tat, after being attacked, facing another Holocaust, that's not, that's not an exaggeration, facing another Holocaust, years, a few years, this is 1948, Second World War ended in 1945, these very same people now are facing another annihilation. And in that attack, which they, it's not, they, this is not Jewish attack, some atrocities occurred. So yes, there's no excuse for atrocities. Maybe, that, maybe uh, bombing Hiroshima was an atrocity. Maybe you believe that. But to start the story at Hiroshima or to start the story at the atrocities is dishonest in a way. You have to start the story at the attacks. Yeah, but can't you acknowledge the atrocities? Uh, of course as well? you should. Of course and can't you should. You maybe like you know, we like in America we're doing that now. We're like things like Thanksgiving are changing. Of course being you should. I'm not, I, you're not but we're not any, doing that. You're not going to get any argument people. from me about whether to acknowledge it. But acknowledging it is is usually part of some sort of political argument as well. So I'm making a political argument, and she's heard, and I'm I'm acknowledging it. I'm saying this is this is a blight on what happened. However, the moral story of that whole thing is of people who expanded legally their existing population that they've been in for thousands of years. It's not colonialism. If you to this day they they dig up ancient Israel and find Jewish artifacts and Hebrew writing. This is not uh, there, there was no in 1910 or 1920. If some Russians, Russian Jews, again fleeing annihilation said, we're going to move to Palestine. 
Nobody, nobody would say to them, you can't do that. How, how, how dare you think you can go to Palestine? Uh, I said, I'm going to move to Palestine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy some land. What are you? What are you, a monster? You're going to go there and buy land in Palestine? Nobody would say. they say, yeah, that, that sounds like a good idea. You're getting killed here in Russia. It's legal. There's not many people there. Mark Twain wrote about how you could go 20 miles in any direction, not even see a town. Most of the land of Israel now was desert. You go there and you, and you buy land and you expand your existing population. Yeah, you're the minority, but, uh, you know, plenty of people come to America and expanded their population here illegally. And we, and we, we, we see people coming now from Venezuela in desperate situations, or, uh, you know, in Central America, desperate situations to America, right? Illegally. And our heart goes out to them. We say, what kind of person would deny these suffering people the right to come here to America? illegally. And then that same person, how dare those Jews move into Palestine in 1970? Well, that was that day's version of it, except worse, being murdered and slaughtered everywhere in the world. And they come to, so, so this is the, and I think I'm being fair, this is the story. And in that story, yes, there's not, there's not, there's not one positive narrative where everybody on one side was evil and everybody on the other side was angelic and no Jew ever murdered anybody or no Jew. Yeah, of course this happens. Well, when Jew killed Rabin, I mean, we're people. No, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like the, but but the focus on it, that. the focus on it, so then you fast forward. Now, now, how does it that Israel came to being occupying the West Bank? They were attacked. They were attacked by a neighboring nation. They actually, they actually warned Jordan, don't attack. If you because already they started the six day war with with the, had started with Egypt, don't attack and we won't attack you. They're attacked from Jordan and they beat back the attack, and and they sued for peace immediately. You know this right after the war they wanted to give it back in return for an end to the conflict, and the Arab response was no recognition, no negotiation, no uh, three three no's or whatever, no recognition, no negotiation, no Jesus Christ I'm. Cognitive decline. But anyway, whatever the third one was. So they're stuck in this situation with the West Bank. How is it that they have Gaza? You know how it is that they have Gaza? When Sadat and Begin were settling um, at Camp David, Sadat would not take Gaza back. And actually, Camp David almost broke down over that issue because Israel desperately wanted to give Gaza back. They gave back the entire Sinai except for this one strip. Egypt would not take it back. And, now Israel's saddled with Gaza. No peace, no resolution. And, and no peace, and no resolution. In fairness, Noam, I recently read that after the Six-Day War, there was no formal offer to give the West Bank back, but there was an offer to negotiate. Um, there was no... There was the, 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 the three no's that I'm talking about, I didn't make it up. No, th- those are true. <clears throat> although I, I, I did also... No re- peace, no negotiation. Although I did read that Jordan said, well... If you give it back, we won't recognize your right to exist, but we'll stop. Jordan being didn't want it back because it was Palestinian. And by 1970, the, the Palestinians had in, within Jordan had had I'm reading about it now. There was a you know a, a war against King Hussein in Jordan where the Palestinians and the Syrians came to the Black September, where there was who knows how many Palestinians were massacred then. I haven't seen it on your Instagram, but a hell of a lot of oh, Palestinians. I'm so happy you're following yeah. me, though. Yeah. <laughs> a hell of a lot of Palestinians were massacred in Jordan. Hey, for sure. I mean, and the- 500,000 Syrians were massacred 
in, a few years ago in Syria, and how many ma- Arabs were married, massacred in Yemen, and how many Arabs were massacred in Iraq, and how many Muslims were married in, massacred in, in Iran, in Afghanistan. If you want to focus on the few hundred Palestinians that were massacred in this tumult, it's all true. But there's something to be, you know, wondered about the focus on that within this greater narrative and within the greater narrative of what the fucking world is really like. This is the way war is. America, is America better? No, it's no. not that America. Have we ever better. fought a war without without uh, some massacre coming out? Listen, there have, are, no, but have no, we? No, ever. I mean, we've, in, in we've the war. definitely done it, and America's covered them up as well. It, that's right. In in our most righteous wars, in World War One and World War Two, you think we didn't massacre? We bombed no, Dresden. We definitely we, did. We 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 we, we targeted civilians. Well, we didn't do it in the name of Judaism. Israel did not do and it. And massacres Hold are on. still Israel happening. Israel did not do it in the name of Judaism. I mean. That returning to the land that Abraham gave us—that's like that's oh, part no, of the no, thing. Now, now you don't know your history. The the Herzl Theodor Herzl. These were not religious people. These were not religious people. Right. A people has an attachment to a land that doesn't have to be religious. Whatever you want to say about the Arab-Israeli conflict, this is where the Jewish people come from. And it's also where Arab people I, come from. I'm not from. begrudging on that. Yeah. So it's not, it's not, nobody was mass- where everybody comes from. But you see, now, you, to say they were massacred in the name of Judaism. Well, I do They were massacred they... after, again, this will go back to it. They were massacred in the, in the context of, of a war where they were being attacked. What about the bombing of the King David Hotel? That was before they... Yeah, well, th- this, is, this is there this is there. These were there was no massacre there. They, they, I mean, they blew, they killed like what forty people. Well, or they, I don't know that. You know, I sh- I have to admit, I don't know that. I know yeah, that they the Irgun, warned. They they did shady things. Maybe they were all you know the Irgun, but there was off the Holocaust, and a lot of them there had was that a, trauma. But a lot of people think that what's happening to the Palestinians, they call it their own Holocaust. They right. think that they're a victim now. But the, I, but it's know, not. But it's not a Holocaust. If, if uh, it's not a Holocaust, first of all, uh, the Kim, King David Hotel, as I understand it, this is against the British now. Yeah, yeah, that was against the British. Uh, which is a whole nother. This now you have a a the the weaker fighting for you know for, for liberation. I mean, this is revolution in a sense, but I believe they warned the British they were going to attack the King David Hotel. Well, that is something that I know the IDF still likes to do, and they still like to say, oh, we warned you before we bombed the hell out of you. But, I mean, is that okay? Oh, they told me it was okay before they came and shot up my family. Well, at some point you're arguing for the Jewish people to have submitted to to. Well, let me ask you this. If, if everything that you think should have happened in history did happen in history, where would the Jewish people be today? I mean, the history is is gone. It's 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 no over. no no. But, you're, but, but I want I want I want a better future now. I want I want illegal settlements to stop building expanding. I don't want having, them to kick a thousand that, people out. But I'm of, just saying, if 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 they hadn't if they hadn't killed any of the British, and they hadn't defended themselves in '48, they hadn't had the temerity to move to Palestine in the turn of the century. Where would the Jewish I mean, people and, be? And if the Holocaust never happened, forget I mean, about the Holocaust. I'm not, not so even mentioning the Holocaust. I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but I'm not mentioning right. now. Like, just like what? What is it? What standard are you holding? What unique to the world standard are you holding the Jewish people to that no other people have ever been held to? The highest standard, of which being would God's mean people. To, to the highest people. standard is to allow yourself to be killed. 
Stay in I Russia. Think so well, what, we were in the Holoc- like we did here. they have some choice whether to leave Russia or not? And the pogroms and everything going on in Russia, leave Europe. Why did Herzl come up with Zionism? Because things were hunky dory. Because he because he thought this is great for us here. I mean, I'm not sure exactly why he came up with it. I mean, there because of vicious anti-Semitism. Well, dude, what did you say that Israel right now is one of the major sources of anti-Semitism in the world? Major sort me causes. People are anti-Semitic because of Israel no, because I of Israel's I actions. I, I see no. Right after Israel offered to give virtually everything back in uh, in 2000, 2001, an area with Bush and Olmert and Clinton and Rabin and Barack and all that stuff. A Jewish person killed Rabin. And it isn't always they want to give everything back. It's always they, 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 they want the Palestinian people to submit to whatever offer they, they want to give. Whether it's like right now, they don't want to give up East Jerusalem to make it a, a capital. There's, there's always something I'm that— I'm talking about now. I'm talking about when—, when when I mean, that's been a source of contention. When Israel had left-wing governments and hundreds of thousands of people were protesting for peace now in Israel, uh, didn't seem to me that the world was any less anti-Semitic. And um, I don't think it will be. I, I, don't, I, I don't think the average anti-Semite has any details about what's going on in Israel. I don't think he... He, he's motivated to become anti-Semitic. Well, I mean, would you— criti- would, like an old school— I, I could say to you that a lot of racism against black people is because of the crime. And I blame black people for racism. Because, I mean, you can do that. But I'm not going to—I'm not going to—there's no excuse for anti-Semitism. I mean, I agree with you that there is no excuse for anti-Semitism, but I could understand how there are so many people, generations right now, that dislike Jews, have negative feelings about Jews just because of what happened to them or family or friends in Israel. And that is why they have these views. In France, a lot of the anti-Semitism that's happening there, that's where it's from. It's not this old-school anti-Semitism, Kanye, Jews. So why do the Sunnis hate the Shiites so much? Why do what? Why do the Sunnis slaughter the Shiites and vice versa? Religious differences. Mm. And, and, and somehow, and, and because I'm just skeptical of the, of the whole thing. I, I think this is... Uh, I mean, there were bad things that happened, but before 1948, there were Jews and Arabs living peacefully amongst each other. There are still Jews and Arabs living peacefully amongst each other. Of course, and I want there, there, to be more. there are no more Jews in the Arab world. Why is that? They were all expelled. We're coming back. Yeah, but you know they were all expelled. Yes. And you know that right now on the West Bank, if you sell land to somebody Jewish, uh, it's death penalty. I mean, like really, like if you want to, if you want to, like take even-handed stock of all this stuff, then let's take even-handed stock of all of it. I mean, I well, that's the thing. It's I don't take even hand to stop. Oh, that, that's right. So, so because you, so, I do think that like we have to be an example and we have to be the light of the world and we have to. Uh, I want a, a, a Yerushalayim Shel Zahav, not one that's covered in blood. And I feel like as long as we have this attitude, well, this Arab nation, they're worse, and this person's worse, and there's these worse atrocities. Okay, that's not us. That's not the Jewish people, and that's not what we need to take accountability for and responsibility for, and, and not how we have to move forward to make the world a better place and be an example to people. So look, I think that it's very dangerous what you're doing if, if all Jews were to do that, because it's perfectly reasonable for the world who doesn't 
live and breathe this conflict and doesn't care about it that much. Why should they? It's not their conflict. They know about, it, about as much of it, less of it, about it than we know about Russia and Ukraine. They have a vague idea who the good guys and the bad guys are. They don't know the history. Uh, if Jews speak like you do, uh, they will get the feeling that the Jews are the bad guys in this conflict. If Jews speak like I'm speaking, I think people will consider me reasonable, not afraid to acknowledge when the Israelis have, have committed atrocities or, or, or anything that, that they should be ashamed of. And maybe for that reason more convincing when I'm explaining the entire narrative of why uh, Israel has every right to exist and why the, the, uh, the reason that there is no peace now is not because of Israel, is because of the rejection of peace in every chapter as recently as the early 2000s when the Arabs, uh, when the Palestinians walked out of the peace settlement with no counteroffer. But again, it's because they, they weren't feeling heard and they weren't getting an offer well, that no, they this, wanted. No, but again, no, I'm, so, I'm sorry, you're making that up. If you I'm read, not making that up. If we look back at when they went to Camp David and, if and you read, read about it, it's not, it's not. It's that they, they wanted to have something, but there was frustrations with no. them not being able to bring to the table. Oh, oh, really? What, Are you aware of some um, deal that they agreed, they said they would take? When, before someone killed... Rabin, yeah. that that was a deal. Yeah, and who killed Rabin? What, what not would, a, not a terrorist. Uh, what would they or or later than that? Bar after Rabin killed Barack, negotiated, uh, um, uh, Omar negotiated. What what deal were the Palestinians holding out for? Are you aware of it? They're holding out for. I mean, <laughs> a because, lot of them are holding out for. No, no, the leadership. For everything. What what is what deal would the leaders have taken? Normally, before you leave a negotiation, you say, "Listen, this is what I want." And I'll take this. Right. They know if you re have you read it. If you read so like, what do they want now? Like six the the sixty seven lines, and they want no. They they never even agreed to that. If you read Dennis, they, if you read Dennis Ross's book, who was the lead negotiator for that, or if you read Clinton's memoirs on this, they blame Arafat one hundred percent for this. No, no ambiguity. They were there. Now you could think Bill Clinton is lying and Dennis Ross is lying. You can think that, but you have to, you know, you have to have reason to think that. Okay. No, because I've read some things differently, I guess, than you. you. Have a, not, not from the people who were in the room. The, yeah, that saying that they're, they're, they they weren't having those communications, that they weren't giving uh, what what was wanted. I I not able to gather that information right now. But I would definitely to, want to get it and you talk, need to, go and back talk again. to you, you come back. So, about it again because, no, like th this is a thing that I think happens that isn't a problem again. That it's like, one, we look for one little false thing and then we want to reject everything. Another is we we aren't really in touch with what like what is happening. We're like, oh, they refused our offer. Uh, it's like, yeah, we, we gave them shit and they didn't want it. And no, we're like, well, well they, we, they we tried. They didn't shit. It was like 98% or 97% of, of the original land plus land swaps for, for the rest of it. Uh, a land bridge between Gaza and, and the West Bank. I mean, obviously, any uh, if, if, if it was a democracy of, of uh, you know, people rather than dictatorship, that would have to have been much, much better than what it is that they've been enduring now and how it's gotten worse and how the Israeli right has gotten much worse. 
But there's no nobody doubts that Rabin and Barack. I don't think anybody doubts these people were were negotiating in good faith. But as like as I said, this land was occupied because they'd been attacked. And to this day, if you blow up some Jews, they hand out candies, and then they give you a lifetime pension uh, in, in the Palestinians. You know they'll take so so Israel was not and and the country is what seven miles wide there. So right. let's not pretend that Israel doesn't have real security concerns. Uh, just recently, you know, we had friends in bomb shelters every night as as missiles rain down in Israel now. So and Palestinian homes are getting raided every night and there are kids getting killed every yes, night but in Palestinians. These, a thousand Palestinians are now getting expelled from their homes in the West Bank uh, in the South Hebron well, Hills I'm not, I'm not because gonna, they want to build an, uh, a, a training thing yeah. for the IDF. We got this new right-wing government with, you know, Itmar Ben-Gavir, who I mentioned before, uh, let, who let's, was let's not, a te- let, is a terrorist. I don't know if we want to... Let's not talk about the right-wing government now because this narrative, that just happens this week and that can't be... That can't be considered causative of everything that you. But that's how we're move. That's where like Israel is moving, and like that's not the well. That's scary. That I'm it's trying scary to if it moves that because way. that's just to me going to cause more violence against Israel. It's just going to cause more hatred against the Jewish people, and it's kind of like now. You, now, now you're very, you're very, you're very uh, uh, solicitous of these psychological reactions. Do you think that Ben Gavir became any more likely to be a successful politician? After Israel spent a month in bomb shelters with missiles coming down in Tel Aviv, you know, near Tel Aviv. I mean, I'm is, sure is, people like him more, but like, listen, those missiles. You don't it's see, horrible. you don't see that. It's, it's only we only allow the Palestinians their reactions. But you don't know. No, I mean, well, first of all, Israel has one of the most sophisticated armies in the world. It has the Iron Dome. Um, and it's like they're throwing rocks and we're. No, no, they're, 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 they're launching missiles. They're launching missiles, and the Iron Dome maybe gets, let's say, Iron Dome gets 85% of them. That means 15 out of 100 of them land on some pl- someplace. Who could live that way? How long do you think we would live in New in Manhattan or New York if every day we were winding up in fucking bomb shelters? We would, would expect- you keep going into the area where they're bombing, or would we you would say, ex- hey, maybe we should move back and give these people a little space? I don't know what we would do. I know we, I know we bombed, we, we, we took over two nations just from one World Trade Center. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that when you're living on the southern border of Israel, you have any room to give anybody space when you're when that when that war is going on. Like, there's no moving back, right? I know, but these illegal settlements keep on popping up. They're they're right, moving forward. There's with no illegal so, settlement so in Gaza. I'm not, I'm not, not in Gaza, but in the, the missiles West come Bank. from Gaza. I'm talking but about. But still, there, there. I'm sorry. No, no, there, no. They're a reaction to things that are happening in the West Bank. Then, what, then why were they attacked in the sixties? Then what was? Then what? Listen, in 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 Camp David in two thousand, I guess it was two thousand. Right after Arafat walked out, what happened? The second intifada started. Now, the second intifada was the defining moment in in modern Israeli history because what was happening there all of a sudden. The, a wave, and it went on for, what, a year or two? I don't know, it went on for a long A wave of suicide bombings attacked Israel. Children, weddings, restaurants, buses. The entire country was upended right in the, in the face of its most all-out effort to make peace. 
all its leaders were focused on trying to figure out some solution to this problem through negotiation. And yes, maybe they didn't want to agree to everything the Palestinians wanted because they have to have a country they could defend. So maybe there was some disagreement. But they were down to a very, very small amount of land and a very, very small issues here. Not the kind of issues you'd think would deserve. Okay, we're pulling out. We're not even going to tell you what our counteroffer is. And we're going to take to the job of murdering your children in the buses, in their restaurants, in their schools. And then, God forbid, your, your population should turn to the right. We're then going to blame you for them turning to the right. This is not realistic. I'm sorry. I know you're ready. This, this is at some point a psychological tick for a Jew to not have the heart to understand what it means to have lived through that period of Israeli history and seen the carnage that they were answered with after what everybody, I think even you would agree, was good faith leadership that wanted peace. And this went on, and Israelis, and my father was one of them, but many of them said, you know what? I was wrong. I was one of those people protesting for peace now. I'll never make that mistake again. When a Palestinian, Martin Luther King or Gandhi or Mandela, when they have a leader or like Sadat who says, we want peace with Israel, call me, wake me. That's when I will I will ship my policy. In the meantime, it's all about keeping Israelis uh, uh, alive and safe. And then it complicates things. You're right, because now there's more and more of these, these right wing crazies. And they're what, 10 percent, 15 percent of the population. But because of the. It's, it's kind of like uh, uh, Joe Manchin. Because the country right now is so evenly divided, these right, ultra-right-wing people have tremendous leverage. They don't, rec- they, they don't represent the, the, uh, the spirit of the country. It's, not, it's that the country is so evenly divided that they can command tremendous concessions to join either government. And it's very scary, and I'm with you 100% on that, Ben Gavir is whatever it is. I think they'll fizzle out because every Israeli I talk to now, even Likud voters, like, oh, shit, we got this is is crazy. So we'll see what happens. It's a democracy, and it's a democracy which reacts to, uh, yeah, and in Lud, they were were, uh, Arab Israelis for the first time were, you know, killing Israelis. Right, I mean, but their democracy is kind of, winding down it almost seems no, like what no. well, they want to make it so they could veto laws that were passed by the supreme court they want to let people yeah. refuse service if well, that's- they're lgbt of course they're moving forward you know i, I think I, I understand what where, what you're saying where you're coming from because the truth is they the arabs do the palestinians they do need a better leader they do need a good leader uh, I mean, 100%, what, can, but can, what can, could we do to promote this what could we do to promote peace what could we do to promote so them that's wanting really more? interesting i mean nothing what can we do? Abbas is on the 17th, 18th year of his four-year term. He is a vicious dictator. A vicious dictator ruling over his people like a despot. And our best and brightest Jews want to talk only about, and, you know, God bless us, very few people are able to do that. We want to talk about what we've, what we've done wrong, what we disagree with our own people, and we should talk about that. But for Christ's sake, this guy is a despot. 
What about Netanyahu now, who's back, who's on corruption trials, who also is holding on to power any way he can, where whether it's teaming up with people that he shouldn't be. Yeah, that's with that's extremists. The system. That's so they're like they're you know they're bad people on both sides. But I, I still think that like what could we do more? What could we do better? Because what we're doing is not working. Nothing. And then that's why we're going to keep getting bombed. It's, it's condescending. And people to, are going to still. It's, it's almost condescending to say something. They, it's up to them to decide they want to make peace. We should not. We should not behave immorally, and and we do sometimes. We shouldn't do that, but we are not in control of the hearts and minds of Palestinian people. And for whatever reason it is that they have never wanted, and never been able to tolerate the idea of a Jewish state in Palestine. It's just you know. It's like we we corner a rabid dog, and then we get upset with it when it bites us. Well, you know, that, that's almost that how I feel like things kind do you, of are. Do you think that a fair solution would be uh, 67 borders, but no right of return? Would that be a fair solution? Hey, they want to change the right of return but, for but Jews you, now anyway. But do you think that would be a fair... I mean, no right of return for Palestinians and their descendants. The, the Palestinians would, are never going to think that anything is fair. It's the truth. <laughs> well, They're not. Go. But we it doesn't mean we shouldn't try. It doesn't mean we shouldn't make an effort. It doesn't mean we should but stop. But do you, th- do you think that forward. would be a fair solution? Do I think that would be a yeah. fair solution? Of course, it's a fair solution. I don't like. I don't know. How could that not be a fair solution? What more could they ask for the sixty the, the sixty seven borders and no right of return? I I mean, well, but well, they could ask for a right of return. Yeah, right of return is, they, is not a good Jerusalem faith. Jerusalem has a, a capital. East Jerusalem has a capital. I know that's a, a big thing for them that they want to get. But I think it's uh, acknowledging the past and moving forward for like. You are they, know, are they going to acknowledge the past, or only we have to acknowledge the past? I I hope some of them. Of I course, hope they not, will acknowledge the past. Of do course, I think the boss is going to acknowledge the past. No, but do I think that there are a lot of innocent Palestinian people who get caught up in all of this and bad leadership, and they're the ones that are suffering? They were suffering back in '48 when the you know the Arab nations attacked, and they're still suffering now. I think that there's they are, they are suffering. I it, think that there's no doubt that the majority of Palestinian people are good people who just want to live their lives and be able to work and support their families just like everybody else. I I mean the, the interesting question for me is what you're saying is like how do you move forward do, what, what how do you move forward how how do you do that you need to have a partnership right like we need to be able to figure out some kind of an agreement where both people can live peacefully together that that's i mean yeah that's what i hope that we could have you know a peaceful and prosperous like we're 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 cousins yeah, we're, I, we're, I we're basically the same people, you know. I mean, it's not like I'm so into the Bible or anything, but if you want to go back to Abraham and he had it, he had two sons. And well, for, them- I mean, forget Abraham. You know, DNA studies do show great um, similarity between Palestinian, Lebanese, uh, Syrian, and Jewish DNA, even Ashkenazi Jews. So you don't even have to look at the Bible; you just look at those studies that, right, right, right. that do show commonality uh, you know among the populations but but many people reject that and say no the the jew is the jews are invaders from europe colonizers from europe they don't want to acknowledge um everybody should watch uh the gatekeepers 
which is, uh, you know, it's very troubling to watch if you're pro-Israel, but it's a it's an interview with all, like, five or six former heads of the Shin Bet. Have you watched it? I haven't watched it, but I heard of it, yeah. Yeah, you should, you should really watch I it. I need to check it out. And, and they describe, not massacres, but immoral acts, you know, or what, what sound like immoral acts, or, or very, at least, at least very harsh acts, and it's very disturbing. And what you, and when you, but these are patriots. This is not, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. You always, I wish I could see what was on the cutting room floor. <laughs> but what you see essentially is these, the Shin Bet is like, you know, the, the, this, the ultimate like secret police of Israel. And these people who just who have serious moral qualms years later of all these very harsh actions that they were responsible for and the suffering that they knew they caused with nothing to show for it. And how these plans that, you know, they thought this would work and they thought that would work and they thought this would work would would pay off in some way. And so, you know, it, it's, it was interesting because on the one hand, it, it, there's, there's revelations there which you feel kind of ashamed of as a Jew or Israeli, you know, to, to hear these things. Right. On the other hand, it was fascinating to me to see this deep moral suffering of the most cold-hearted warriors among the, in charge of you know the decision to 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 kill or not and it was one story there where there was uh, all the leaders of Hamas like it was something like, like where it was kind of like the Godfather 3 where all the monster were in one building i think it was in Gaza <clears throat> and they knew it Israeli intelligence had it and I think I think it was um, Sharon was a prime minister, and they wanted to bomb this building to smithereens and kill them all in one fell swoop. But it was very high, very densely populated area, and um, it, they came back to Sharon that if they if they if they destroy the building, uh, a certain number of Palestinians civilians would die, significant number. But if they just bombed the top of the building it would just stay within that building and probably not have a lot of collateral damage. So they say, well, maybe some of them will be upstairs. We'll take the crapshoot. In the end, Israel opted just to bomb the second floor of the building, and none of them were there, and the entire opportunity was squandered. And So would it have been better to kill a bunch of civilian Palestinians for them to die? Well, these are impossible questions. Right. And... and these are impossible questions. We killed hundreds of thousands of civilians in our Iraq war and our Af Afghanistan war. Now, maybe you think the Iraq war was a mistake. Most people thought the Afghanistan war was, was warranted. You can't do it without killing civilians. Israel is at war. Here's the and thing. And it's easy as hell to judge. It's very easy. But, but anyway, it was, you know, it was, and it was interesting to see that they didn't do it. Like, you think that these are all murderous, bloodthirsty whatever, because from time to time you read about something and say, how could they do that? But the fact is, when you, when you watch this documentary, that's not the way it was. Every single one of these decisions is mauled and considered and, and, and estimated in terms of collateral damage against how the strategic benefits of it. it it's really fascinating to see what they're going through, and it's very simplistic to sit back and criticize well, there is should, a lot of you should criticize. damage, and they seem to be okay with it. And there are a lot of other soldiers that have come out, too. There, you know, there's this great organization called Breaking the Silence 
which is have over 1,300 ex-IDF soldiers who are speaking out against their experience in the West Bank and the occupation. Yeah, God and bless so them. You know, upset about like what they had to participate in. Listen, what the culture. I'm going to give there. you my phone number. You can call me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The second you hear some important Palestinian group go public with the, with what they're ashamed of, just wake me. I'll pay for an Uber. Come to my house and get me. Because, <laughs> okay, okay. because, because, it, because what I'm saying matters. That yes, you know about this because it's a, it, there's a moral situation there, just like Abu Ghraib in America where humans fall short and then they reveal their own sins and there's a public outcry and there's a judiciary and people are punished. And I'm sure they go too easy on them at times because, you know... Be, because they don't have the balls to punish them quite as badly as they should be punished. And that's human, and I'm not defending it, but it's reality. But to compare that picture to the... There's zero of that in our in Israel's enemies. Zero. Zero. These people, are they, they, these areas, they still... What do they do to gay people? But is our morality dependent on other people and other people's actions? No, but I'm saying... No, we have... I'm saying our... our our morality is is quite to be proud of. I think we're we're not going to eliminate humans from doing terrible things. You're not going not going to eliminate that as long as there's an Israel. There every year there will be some Israelis, especially as long as there's a conflict, doing something reprehensible, barbaric that we should be ashamed of. Oh, that's sure, that's yeah. and. God bless into you know the massacre at the cave of the patriarchs. Well, it's like well, listen, and God bless Israel for having such a free press like Haaretz, for having these like these truth tellers that you're talking about, for having Bethlehem, all this stuff that exists within Israel, trying to keep itself on some sort of moral course. When basically any other country that you could ever think of in the history of the world that had this kind of daily threat let alone the United States of America, has gone half-cocked into, like, slaughter of their enemies. So, as I'm describing it, Israel's not—I'm not terribly ashamed of Israel. I'm just not. I'm, I'm, I'm terribly ashamed of any particular Israeli does something bad, but I'm also quite proud of Israel for being so open and for being so, so um, serious about allowing these people to be called out, exposed, written about, and there's something just stunning about the contrast with the people that they're fighting. I mean, I don't think, yes, you, like it's hard to talk about this because you're right. Compared to the other side, it, it, it is better. They are more interested in peace, vocal about it. They do take some accountability. You are very knowledgeable about this subject and insightful and passionate. But there are many people involved that aren't. And You're never going to get on at the commie cellar. I'm telling you that, right? Never going <laughs> to. <laughs> Believe me, when they call me down, I call Dan right away. She's like, come on, I don't think I should come and do this. No, no, you're, you're actually way more reasonable than Dan made you out to be. <laughs> well, I only and I, and I apologize because I find myself using the word like enemy. I, certain, like you could, I'm sure you could, the listener could hear uh, certain language that I would veering into is it's not the language. That I want to use. It's the language of wartime, and I, and that's why I'm using those languages. I personally, I probably have much. I don't know your your. I shouldn't say, but I but I have a lot of. Uh, that even sounds bad. I have very close Palestinian and Arabic friends who I'm very mindful that I don't that I that I that when they listen to me talking about it, that they don't consider me to be dehumanizing or hateful or, or any of these things which 
I understand the kind of things I'm saying can sound like. Just just saying that. So I, I don't I'm not confusing people with with uh, you know governments and all that. But it but it does need to be said that there's there's stark differences here. And you know homosexuals are. You know I I don't know if they're killed on the West Bank or not. I, I mean it's but, not a good place to be gay, but I mean, like I said, in Israel, they're passing new laws that people could discriminate against the LGBT. There was Tel Aviv they in, they in haven't, 2000, they, have they not had an LGBT them. parade, and Jews stabbed people. Like, it's not, we we shouldn't just be called, you know, it's so easy to Orthodo- call out. Orthodox Jews. Or, or, yeah, but I was just in Tel Aviv. Please, please. I think. I have never seen, it was as if, it was as if I was in a gay country. But I saw in Tel Aviv. I have never seen, even in New York. Oh, it's super progressive. They a have more a lot of openly. There. This is the. I would say this is on Earth. This is the highest fulfillment of gay rights that I have ever seen anywhere or heard of anywhere on planet Earth. Is what Tel Aviv is right now. I heard that something like thirty percent of the city is now gay. Tel Aviv is consistently uh, voted the like number one gay city in the world. I mean, people come from all over the world to celebrate pride in Tel Aviv and have for quite some time. So so that's certainly true. And I've seen it firsthand. I, I, I had no idea. I'd been in Tel Aviv 10 years ago. It wasn't like that. It, it's just unbelievable. So, you know, it's, yes, we have Orthodox Jews. And, and, and let me tell you something. The Orthodox of every religion are anti-homosexual. As a matter of fact, the Orthodox Jews are probably way less anti-gay and have way less gay blood on their hands than any other Orthodox religion. But yeah, we have that. I'm not, who, who would say otherwise? To focus on it, I, I, I would have to say, you'd have to explain that decision. Well, no, I don't like to focus on it, but it's I misleading. people want to be like, oh, you know, they, they hate gays in the Arab world, and it's just like, okay, well, you know, we're not so, like, we are good, but we have some problems on, on that issue, too. I, I just feel like... Hate gays? They, 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 mur- they, they murder gays. Uh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Israel's not murdering so, but gays. Does, so does that mean that like their civilians deserve like no of course no not. like and I, I love that you you know are able to acknowledge but a lot of people aren't able to do that fair and enough. I know that like you know Farha came out I know it's just based on it on a true story but Israeli historians have documented massacres happen and to just be like this is so many people so many Jews so many so this is all just fiction bunch of terrorists they're all terrorists like this is an attitude well, that I, I would tell you this Jewish people if, have if I had a if I had an is uh, a, a a, an Israeli on this show who was saying those things, I would be just as hard as, on them as I kind of have been on you. I wouldn't tolerate it for a second because it's, it's not true. We know these massacres occurred. And that's amazing. But yeah. unfortunately, too many people aren't like as enlightened as you are, and they spread a different message, and, and they bring up their kids, and people don't, don't really know that the pain and the suffering that these people are going through. I agree with you. I agree with that. I agree with that statement. If you talk to, we should have Mustafa on again. If you talk to Mustafa, he's a Palestinian Israeli. I mean, he will tell you a story. How does he consider himself a Palestinian or an Israeli Arab or a Palestinian of well, Israeli apparently I heard, I, I, I've heard yesterday that the term Israeli Arab is no, is no longer considered kind of the right term. It, the, 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 the term of, preferred term is Palestinian Israeli. 
or Israeli-Palestinian. I don't know. Well, I think it also depends on who you're talking to. Some consider some, some consider themselves perhaps Israeli Arabs, and, and some consider themselves. Right. He, he consider you know. I mean, anybody I've met who's a, is, a Palestinian is Israeli considers themselves first and foremost Arabic and Palestinian, and uh, you know, as far as I can tell, they also understand that Israel is quite a nice place to live in terms of prosperity vis-a-vis, you know, the, the, the countries in the Arab world. They're, they're not looking to get up and leave. They just want to not live as second-class citizens. Uh, who can blame them? Well, it's true. I mean, I know people want to say it's apartheid. A lot of people don't like like that label. But there are different laws, different rules. No, not for Israeli Arabs, no. But for, okay, but for like Palestinians and just well, it's, it's an occupied people. territory. You I mean you know they just recently they're not racial. No, it's not. A, it, I mean, I, I mean, we could talk for hours about the apartheid thing, but it's not. It's not a racial distinction, and it's not meant as a racial distinction. And uh, even the the uh, Amnesty International report, if you read it, if you, if you search it, it, they actually say we don't mean apartheid as in South Africa. Like they even they say like. Like, like the headline was apartheid, but so, which is so, to me, so disingenuous. Like, what do you mean by apartheid? Like, anybody hears apartheid, they assume you mean like South Africa. It's the only well, apartheid we know of. Right. So they, they're using it as a, as a, uh, just to zoom out, term. just to zoom out, Noam, yeah. uh, maybe we can discuss for a few minutes on a more general matter. Yeah. Uh, the, the appropriateness in 2023 of having a country yeah. that defines itself. Either along religious lines or along ethnic lines. Now, Saudi Arabia, I believe, for example, defines itself as a Muslim country. I, in fact, I think it's, I, th- I think it's illegal to convert out of being Muslim in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Egypt calls itself the Arab Egyptian Republic, and not every Egyptian is Arabic. I, I, do, I'm do you think something about that? Go ahead. Do you, uh, and Israel, of course, defines itself as the Jewish state. Uh, Japan, I don't know if they define themselves as an ethnic Japanese state. They probably don't need to, because it's. So clear, but I mean, do you think that this is a human flaw that that ideally every state should just be a state of all its citizens and not define itself along a particular cultural or religious axis? Well, I mean, I don't know, Dan. I think that it, yeah, clearly it is a human flaw. Um, and do you think it's a lesser evil? In other words, but I think that the game theory of it all, meaning that if if Israel were to <clears throat> you know, stand down, as it were, in terms of being a place for the Jewish people. I mean, they, the other, our enemies haven't gotten that memo. So it's, it's a kind of thing which can only be embraced if everybody agrees to it. And it reminds me of something I, I, <clears throat> I heard on Eli Lake's podcast. This is from Theodore Herzl. Uh, it says, uh, we might perhaps be able to merge ourselves entirely into surrounding races if these were to leave us in peace for a period of two generations. Exactly what you're saying. But they would not leave us in peace. For a little period, they managed to tolerate us, and then their hostility breaks out again and again. The world is provoked somehow by our prosperity because it has for many centuries been accustomed to consider us as the most contemptible among the poverty-stricken. In its ignorance and narrowness of heart, it fails to observe that the prosperity weakens our Judaism and extinguishes our peculiarity. And here's the key part. It is only pressure that forces us back 
to the parent stem. It is only hatred encompassing us that makes us strangers once more. Thus, whether we like it or not, we are now and shall henceforth remain a historic group with unmistakable characteristics common to us all. Meaning that at times when the Jews have not faced enemies and and become prosperous within other, they have tended to just intermarry and blend and and seem ready to like give up being that distinct. But the world never permits it. The world, like the Germans, it's a cliche. We're not German. We're not Jews. We're German. The world always, at some point, reminds the Jews, not so fast. You're not welcome. And then we cling to our Jewishness again. So yeah, I I I, I think it's great if the world stopped that stuff, but that's not realistic. So you think it's the hatred that keeps the Jewish people together? I think that if the Arabs uh, had zero problem with the Jews and they had a warm relationship with the Arab world like we have with Canada, let's say, for 50 years. Except for those Canadian truckers. You would see intermarriage. You would see border cross you you would see everything yeah and you would see jewishness begin to melt away but it's not threatened you you would see that kind of thing i mean they'd still be jewish it wouldn't happen overnight but but you'd get a totally different reaction but what is jewishness is jewishness what you know these extremists religious people are doing in Israel, or is it, you know, having an open discourse like we're having now? It's both. John, can I ask you, uh, if, if you could, uh, if you had your druthers, tomorrow you wake up and you read in the paper, uh, two states for two peoples has been approved by both sides. There'll be a Jewish state and there'll be a, a, an Arab state in Palestine, as, has, as it was described by the U.N. in 1948, or you can say a Palestinian state. Or it's been decided by both parties that there will be one state with with uh, that won't will be neither uh, Arab nor Jewish, and that has been voted upon. Which, which would you prefer to see? One state. Oh, that's that's insanity. I mean, well, which would I prefer in this hypothetical situation? Which more do I think is reality? I think two states. But if I'm dreaming, I would love to see one state what, where we're all living. And what would the system be? Democracy th- together. I mean, it would be. Yes, I would. So you you would prefer a democracy. You'd prefer the one state that doesn't allow homosexual rights to the two states. I mean, in this hypothetical situation, they would allow. No, he's, it would still be the Palestinians. It would be the well. It would be whoever is there. So I, the majority, I guess, would be Palestinian. There would be a slight, probably Palestinian majority. And they, in that and they would set the laws, and they would set the laws vis-a-vis gays and rights. I mean, like you, you're worried about Ben Gavir. You're talking about you're well, talking again, about people. You're talking about a one-state solution with a majority that makes Ben Gavir look like AOC. I, I hear what you're saying, but am, again, am, I, am I misstating it? No. Well, I mean, I don't know. This I thought this was more of a hypothetical situation where I'm thinking in, in better case scenarios than that reality. But I mean, no, Dan just meant taking... the current populations, but just I but, meant the current populations. Okay. Yeah, and so Israel gives up and I mean, says, I well, think we'll do two states is is the best solution." But I mean, it would be nice. You're if saying in an ideal world, if everybody, could together, if everybody could hold hands, you know, and if everybody, yeah, if, if, you know, maybe if there were no borders and we weren't like separating ourselves based on religion or culture and all that. Yeah, that would be great. Nicole, cue uh, John Lennon's "Imagine," please. <laughs> John, I guess uh, we can. Um, 
I don't know if Nicole found this uh, this conversation even remotely interesting. But I, 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 I went down, but I, I, I do have one other question for him. Okay. Because my mother is, uh, um, you know, my mother grew up like very, very uh, important Zionist family, and she's quite anti-Israel. And um, She also grew up in Israel. She grew up in Israel, yeah. But but also, you know, in a, in a very, like, in, Israeli, influential Israeli Zionist, circles like her father and Ben Gurion were you know <clears throat> lovers and um I can't account for her uh anti-israel feelings but it's vehement uh kind of vehemence that maybe only comes from a Jew who's lost the faith as it were I don't mean a religious faith but uh do you feel uh, like I don't I don't want to chalk you off to a psychological thing you know what Thank I mean? Like, you. I appreciate that. Not just being a self-hating Jew. But I do chalk you up. Problem. No. If you say no, something against it, you're anti-Semitic. If you're a Jew yeah. speaking against it, then well, you're a self-hating Jew. If you're spreading other on, things, hold it's hold all on. propaganda. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling you a problem. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not calling you a self-hating Jew. But I do feel like, in some way, because you're raised Orthodox, and for whatever your feelings about that. It has made you more. It has propelled you in some way to take more intense positions than you would have if you had not been raised Orthodox. And I'm wondering, like, do you, do you discuss that? Do you think about that? Do you think do you talk about it with a therapist? Is that do you believe that's just totally not true? I'm just interested in that. Um, I I don't I don't really think that my upbringing, <clears throat> like, I think it it shapes my perspective of it in like a different way where I feel like. Like this is more of like a duty that I have be because of that, because of the Jewishness that I have, because of I I don't believe in religion, you know, but I am proud to be Jewish. So I feel like, all right, yeah, no, like no, it, it's not because of like, but, but that has given me insight and it has helped shape my perspective and also just my experience with what I was told growing up as an Orthodox Jew and what my community, what my peers what everybody thought I, it wasn't in touch with reality well, well that's exactly that's that a perfect that that's a nice that's a nice uh defensible explanation for what i'm asking about so the anger of, of having been raised in lies as it were can have a slingshot effect you're so fucking angry that they lied to you all this time and fed you all this you know bullshit about how we're all dressed in white and they're all dressed in black that when you were like red pilled, like they say, you became angry, and maybe that's the the reaction we're seeing. You're saying you over you overshot. Yeah, that's what I no. Mean, I'm saying. I overshot. have some anger issues yeah. because of the way I was brought up and the experience I've had for sure. And I guess it definitely shaped my perspective. And yeah. you know, that's normal. Do you? Does any of this um, make its way on stage? I know, like Iman Al Husseini has jokes about this. She's a Palestinian comedian. Yeah. Uh, from Canada. Yeah, she's great. I love she, her. Uh, she's not a fan. She, no, she's oh, not a fan. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's a fan of mine, though. <laughs> I, I know she talks about this I'm on sure stage. I'm sure she is. But do you talk about I mean, I most do people talk don't. About it. You do talk about this on stage. I mean, I'm picky. And, and if you have what you have this. and where I talk about it on, but I, I would like to talk about it more. When you send your tape to Esty. <laughs> yeah, I would implore <laughs> you. Pull that part out. <laughs> Esty probably would hold it against, do you think? Esty would not hold it against you. Essie would, would, but Essie would be m more, she'd have a bigger 
she would she be more angered by it, but she would not hold it against you. No, she wouldn't hold it like to give you spot. No, any any anybody who gets laughed. Listen, we we all bleed comedy cellar blue here. Anybody who kills at the comedy cellar is that's everything else comes second. Yeah, you guys put on like you know Mo plays here, right? Mo, Mo, what's wrong with Mo? Mo Ammer. What about Mo Ammer? Well, I'm saying, does he does he talk about the? Uh, he's Palestinian. I know. What? 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 Why? Why? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no one wasn't aware that. The S- Hold on a second here. <laughs> um, Mo says Muhammad. <laughs> um, Damn it! There are a lot of right comics. Well, there are a lot of Arabic comics. I don't know how many of Ismail? them. Ismail. I don't know how many of them talk about the Arab-Israeli conflict, but no. But to, to, but to be fair to him, or to, to say, like, it's way it's way more forgivable to meet a Palestinian who feels this way. Like yeah, Esty have... would be much less angered by Mo than she would be by him. But Mo like, doesn't. Uh, by the way, Mo doesn't. As I recall, Mo doesn't say anything really that. <coughs> uh, no, but even if he did, I'm just. Saying. I mean, he probably thinks it. Uh, you, but, you, you, but isn't there like a really big distinction even, between being pro-Palestinian and anti-Jewish? Like, I don't can I'm totally pro-Palestinian, but I don't think that that makes me anti-Jewish. But, but there are people that will say that that does. Right, but I would also say that those people are wrong. They absolutely are. I mean, but that's part of the perspective that I hope to shift. Right, like I I think that that's where. That's wherein the danger lies, that you can be pro-Palestinian and also be pro-Jewish, right? Like, that's the only way it can work. Look, for sure, you could be pro-Palestinian human rights and not think but that can Israel you be pro- needs to be wiped off the face of the earth. But a lot of people have a hard time making that but statement. Many they of hear them, free ma- Palestine ma- and they're just like... But many of, them, many of them do. Many people who say free Palestine want no more Israel. Well, they, might, they might not want to kill the Jews there. They might want to say they can live as a minority in a in a majority Arabic state. Yeah, just like the just like the Christians live in Lebanon. The like, like but wait a second from the, from the from the sea from what's the, what did you just say from, from the river to from the, the river from the river to the sea. Thank you. That isn't that like the actual meaning of the word that Israel is, or the phrase rather, that Israel won't be there. That's correct. Anymore. But, the, right. yeah, but read but, the Hamas charter. Yes, that's correct. Now, but there, but that doesn't mean that they're going to kill every Jew there. Some of them might want to, or to expel every Jew there. Some of them do. Many of them do want to do that. Others would just say, no, the Jews can live as a minority among us. And how well they be treated is that is an open question. But that's a chance I wouldn't want to take if I were living there. Listen, everybody, everybody, nobody wants to be racist. Nobody wants to be bigoted. Well, some people do. No, and, and and it's important not to be those things. On the other hand, I happen to think it's reasonable to look out on the landscape of the Muslim world, the Arabic world, and see how minorities, country by country, are treated and assume, we have to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt, that it would only be worse for the Jews. However much they hate the Christians and are ready to, you know, terrorize them, or the Sunnis hate the Shiites, or the Alawites hate the, the or the, or the Wahhabis hate. You know, I don't know all the sects, but however much they hate each other, they hate the Jews at least as much. And and to think for a second that the Jews would risk it all in that context is just madness. And this is where I got into with my mother at times, like like like. It's not Canada. 
it's a it's a it's a terrible and 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 all these hundreds of thousands of people dying are victims of of their horrible leaders or whatever it is and they are humans and it's a it is a tragedy the same as if Jews die but let's let's not be naive it's it is not racist to look at what is actually happening in the world and say you know what it's it's absolutely insane to think that anybody could ever suggest that Israel the Jews would allow themselves to become a minority vulnerable in the same way that all these other minorities are vulnerable in the Middle East and are getting slaughtered. That's just, that's just not anybody who thinks that I got a question where they're really coming from. Cause that's, no, that's nobody would allow their child, nobody would allow their child to be put in that kind of risk. Not for a half, a, not, not for a millisecond. Any reason. But don't we think we're putting people at risk, like by having people live in Israel and then continuing to, you know, do the things that we're doing to keep moving forward. You know, in the you know what? The, the are, are sec- we not putting people at risk? The second that I will probably, to your frustration, come up with rationalizations for almost anything. But the second that you could demonstrate to me that there was a Palestinian peace movement that actually had finite, reasonable demands, a la Sadat, then I think you could you 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 could actually find me becoming very critical of Israel, uh, and uh, because at that point, if Israel became the uh, the intransigent, if Israel became the obstacle to to a settlement, while the other side was the one who wanted it, then I I hope that I would come to the right conclusions about that. But that's just in my opinion, that's just not the case right now. We haven't even talked about Hamas, right? That pledges to the destruction of Israel, and by the way. This way end. From what I've heard, the main reason they don't want to have elections on the West Bank is because they believe Hamas will win there too. Now I think that would be better for Israel because I think way easier to, way easier to defend Israel if if the West Bank exposes itself for how it actually feels. But having said that, the the smart people I speak to is like you know what if if there was an election on the West Bank, Hamas would win. And then you'd have that charter on both sides of the country. And this would be the people that Israel is, 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 is worried about. I mean, we view Hamas as terrorists and they view them as freedom fighters. And it's like, where, where is the line? And like, I, 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 I can see both sides of it. And no, def- there's not both sides to Hamas. They, they're, 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 for, I don't even know what that means. We see them as freedom fighters. That's where the people see them as freedom fighters. <laughs> That's like they, the same thing they with target. They target innocent children. What? What? And not not to be free. They do it in order because they sworn to the destruction to never accept Israel. There's not. They're not. There was no uh, embargo of Gaza on day one. Why? I mean, why does Egypt have an embargo against Gaza? I'm not. Well, you, it's sure. the kind of question you would ask yourself before right. you, before I'm going to start criticizing Israel for this embargo against Gaza. Let me just stop and say, wait, wait a second. The Arabic people on the other side of that land also are very worried about Gaza. So maybe this isn't apartheid, right? Like when your own people have the same embargo, 
then the apartheid description is pretty facile, right? Like if Arabic people have an embargo against their own Arabic people, you want to call that apartheid? No, oh, it's only no, when the Jews do it, it's apartheid. It, it, it doesn't hold up. Anyway. All right. Anything else? Uh, well, I think that's it. Once again, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jonathan, uh, <laughs> You're close such a high now. Uh, is welcome to send a tape. I, I once again stress that this uh, political disagreements have nothing to do with. Uh, no, I like political. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Noam used to. Lo- Noam's father used to love. This is going back a generation. Used to love uh, hollering at Dino Badala, who I assume you know. Yes, Dino Badala is a Italian, half Italian, half Palestinian comic. But after nine eleven, he became much more Palestinian, much more Arab. Because that was the cause du jour. Islamophobia became a cause. Are you saying he cynically became Arabic in order to get more work? I, I think he, he, he ran with a cause. That's that why I'm become becoming pop- trans and transitioning right now. <laughs> I think he ran with a cause that was in, 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 the, in, the, in the zeitgeist. And uh, because when I met him, I don't recall him being quite that into, uh, you know, um, into uh, the Arabic. But anyway... Uh, but he, he used to come ha- down here and get hollered at by uh, Noam's father. And Noam jokingly said, maybe not so jokingly, said that's the reason he got booked here, so he could get hollered at. Well, my I don't know if there's I, any truth to that. Oh, it's absolutely true. Essie <laughs> yeah. would not want to put him on. And my father said, Essie, just book him. I, I, I know. But just, she said, well, you already have five comedians. Or just put on another comedian. He, he, just, he just wanted Dean around to, to, to yell at. And he and I, I and he used to scream. I mean, I heard your father screaming at Dean. <laughs> but Dean was Dean is an extremely good natured guy. Dean has been really nice. The only reason he hasn't come on the podcast is because he's recording his own show. I've spoken to him numerous times. No, my father loved Dean. Yeah. No, no, that, that was that was. Well, he might have, but I mean, he would uh, scream at him. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, Dean's uh, a great guy. <laughs> I did his uh, radio show about a month ago. Oh, I'm sure that must have been a, quite a debate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should also. We, do we, it didn't come up at all. <laughs> but there's another guy. There's another guy, Amir Zar. There's another guy, Amir Zar. You know him? No. He's another guy, Amir Zar. I think is his name. He's a. I think he's from Detroit, which obviously is a very big Arab American community. But he is another. He's a comedian. Okay. And he is uh, all in for the Palestinian cause in a big, 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 big way. I think him and Alexander did a podcast together. Listen, I'm in for the Palestinian cause. If the Palestinian cause means giving them their own homeland and, and a democracy and not have to be... Yeah, of course. I mean, that's... that's I'm totally in for that cause. Are they in and for I that cause? I don't Israeli know. It's an Israeli cause, too. It's yeah, absolutely. not only a Palestinian thing. It's, it's good for that, that's Israel. Not the impre- but the impre- that's not the impression I get when I see your TikTok videos. I mean, I may be wrong, but the impression I get is, is somebody that wants to see Israel dismantled. No, that's not... Like I dare my you to, perspective, I, and I, I talk about I dare you solution all the time. I, is this Instagram or TikTok? What is it? TikTok mostly is where I. I see dare it. you to go on TikTok. TikTok I say, listen, is my bigger following. We interrupt this regular schedule progress. I want to let you know, I am a Zionist. I believe in the two-state solution. I'm just trying to make Israel as good as it can be for my people. I dare I you. I mean, I don't know about the Zionist part, but the <laughs> other part. You are a Zionist. You believe? I'm saying. I mean, well, you believe in a two-state solution. Not, that's Zionism. I, I, I know. Zionism kind of gets a little well, they're, like, they're, mixed yeah. up because in no, the no. root, Zionism is believing that Israel right has a right to exist. Is that kind of like what it is? That's exactly what it is. And so, but a lot of people now view Zionism as more of like an aggressive thing. I, I, I and, sense a little cowardliness here. <laughs> I just... This, no, you are... Yeah, I, I would do 90% this, of and what this, you and said. This, and this, I'm happy to tell you because this is exactly what my point was to you before. 
It's fine to say that, but but if if you are not ready to stand up for your for simple to say publicly, I I'm a Zionist. I, I said that. I, I mean, I you can have, say I'm a Zionist, Zionist, which I you say I'm a Zionist, which I define as Israel having a right to exist. You see, my thing with that is, does any place have a right to exist? Oh, there you, you think? Well, there you go. You're giving yourself away. Well, no, but I, listen, I, I, I do I, think you, there you should think, be a two-state you, you solution. You think Palestine has a right to exist? I think, yeah, as much as any other place has a right to exist. And I, I've, I've said numerous times I believe in a two-state solution. I've said plenty of times I want a peaceful coexistence. I'm saying I dare you to go and on TikTok. And I've called out many, many terror attacks against Israelis. I've called them out, and I've said they're That's horrible. fine, but I dare you to go on TikTok and simply okay. say that you support Israel's right to exist as a homeland for the Jewish people. I dare you. Okay. What's in it for him? A steak dinner at well, the Well, what's in it for him? Steak dinner? Well, I, listen, I hope we, I prefer I, a spa. Well, but but by but what what I, I wish I'd thought of this earlier because I, what I'm doing is exposing what I thought to begin with, which is that you know, you can say what you want, but there you're not coming at this as a supporter of Israel because you're afraid to even acknowledge you're a supporter of Israel. No, but I think acknowledging there is a that, way to acknowledge it without no. kind of like ostracizing people and like all of your TikTok a, followers. What you, you're saying? There's a way to acknowledge it without alienating all of your TikTok followers. I mean, no, I, I'm I, just listen, I ali- I'm, no, but I'm there is. Kidding. Like, listen, I've alienated plenty of them. I've made plenty of videos where okay. the next day my follower count listen, drops by five, listen, ten thousand. I people. was totally John. Kidding. John, there's not. No, but many, it's true. There's not that many Jews in the world, and we are threatened people cyclically. And if we won't stand up for ourselves, no one else will. And if non-Jews hear that a Jew won't utter the words that I'm asking you to utter, it's very difficult to convince them that we're not the bad guys in this situation. And I know this sounds corny, but you need to think about that. There's not that many Jews in the world. You are a Jew. I am. And you should not, unless you don't believe it, it's fine not to believe it. But if you believe it, but you're afraid to say it, you're like living, breathing example of exactly the Jews who got Jews into trouble periodically in history. The Jews who were afraid to, to who were sucking up. Let's, let's, let's spell it out. Suck, I mean, what, I have sucking no up to, to suck up to sucking anybody. Up, yeah, sucking up to the non-Jewish world, not wanting to be too Jewy, not wanting to call, make waves. You know the old joke. Where the, the guy, uh, was it, how's it go down? The, it will be being, being executed. There's yeah. a firing squad, and one asks for a cigarette, and the other one says, don't make trouble. Yeah, he said, don't, <laughs> don't make trouble. Like, you don't want to make trouble. I feel like I am making trouble, though. And I feel like I, 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 I have said what you have asked. I mean, in his defense, he's gotten, a lot, he's gotten a lot of hostility from Jews, so he is willing oh, to— Oh, you're a stupid faggot, drop dead, come to Israel, I'm going to kill you. Well, in other I words, get, he, I, is willing, my, he is yeah. willing to take he is willing to take shit— He's just not willing to take shit from the other side. That's I well, that's not true though. I take I get shit from them all the time. For they, what? For for saying that Israel that I want two states that I want there to be peaceful coexistence. I get I get shit all the time for saying stuff like that. You? I, I, Israel, you know, people want to say, "Oh, does Israel have a right to exist?" Israel exists. It's a thriving country. Okay, it has its problems, but I want it to exist without doing so over. Like Dan have a right to exist. Well, people. D- Dan, uh, does Dan have a right to exist? He exists. Well, he, he exists. No, that's not the same thing as saying he has a right to exist. It's cowardly. Of course he has a right to exist. Does any country have a right to exist? Yes. Yes, that's the world Based we live in. What? We live in a world of international law. Well, fine. 
But if you can't you can't pick and choose. If you want to tell me that the settlements are illegal, then yes, Israel has a right to exist. You can't say the settlements are illegal, but countries don't have a right to exist. You, you, you can't you can't say international law matters when I want to call the settlements illegal, but uh, countries don't have a right to exist. I mean, I don't call them illegal. Yeah, you call they, them in this podcast. No, but I'm saying settlement. this isn't a thing that is that's that my that I made that distinction. They're illegal. They're they're illegal want, based on. Dude, don't ever call the settlements illegal again if you're not ready to say the countries have a right to exist because it's the same legal system which gives countries a right to exist that says the settlements are illegal. Period. There's no there's that's that, there's no. There's I mean, no way I don't want these settlements. Yeah, I, they are illegal according to Israel's own laws. And Israel has a right to exist, as much as any place has a right to exist. Yes, that's a, yes, as much as any place has a right to exist. Israel has as much of a right to exist as any place has a right to exist. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, podcast at cut. We, yeah. we are in big trouble. Who's we? The Jews. We, 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 the, the American Jews are peeling off like. Uh, I mean, I I disagree. Well, I uh, I think what I do is good for the Jewish people. I think what I oh, say terrific. is good for 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 Jews. I, I think what? How is this? Uh, how I is for, how is the other way? How is that? How, <laughs> now you sound like my followers. Uh, how 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 is the other way done better for us? Uh, have you been to Israel? Yes. Yeah. That there is a thriving democracy there with uh, prosperity. Freedom, free press, homosexual rights. Uh, by the way, Arab Israelis are commensurately represented in hospitals as doctors as to their population. Did you know that? I mean, a very, very successful, much more successful than America has been in terms of empowering minorities. Um, and of course, there's issues of racism and bigotry, which is part of the human condition. But uh, no, I, I think there's a, it, it's Israel has done. Very, very well. And of course, we don't know the counterfactual, which is what would the what would the last 75 years of Jewish history been if there had been no Israel? It wasn't going great. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it would be, but I know it like I don't want Israel to keep getting bombed. I don't want people to keep dying. I don't want these people to keep living in fear. And I, I don't want these people who, like we mentioned, are related to be at odds in each other's Okay, we, ha we have to wind it up because the, the guy who has to edit this for time to go on the radio is Polish, right? And uh, <laughs> he doesn't need any more excuse to be... Uh, well, <laughs> you know, I wanted this to be a a, a, um, a, a um, special episode because I don't know that it's, it's necessarily um, <coughs> appropriate for the serious show. All right, well... I mean, I it may be all we have. I've, I've, I have an appointment at 7. What kind of appointments you got? It's none of my business. Podcast at Comedy Cellar. Don't you hate it when people say, "What? What do you? What do you kind of a champagne?" No, I mean, problem. he could be. Thank you for be. having me. It's nice talking to you. It was good, right? Thank you, you. Come for come sharing on. your perspective. S send me your. Send me your. Um, Podcast at ComedyCellar dot com. Was this? Was this show uh, something you enjoyed? Was it not? Do you want to get back to, to uh, more talk about transgender rights or comedy? Uh, let us know. Uh, Thank you, Perry L. Ashenbrand. As usual, you and I were both quieter than normal today. I thought that would happen because I knew once Noam, Noam got wound up, it would be hard to... Uh... In any case, thank you, Jonathan, for coming, and thank you for the champagne. Jonathan's uh, TikTok account, I guess, is that Jonathan Randall? I don't know. Yeah, on everything social media. Amer American Jew is his podcast that he hosts with Jordan Ferber, yeah. and they talk about all manner of, of Jewish things. He could be the next Modi. We don't know. Definitely not. Probably not, given his politics, but he might find a niche 
uh, amongst progressive Jews. Thank you, Nicole Lyons. Nicole, are you awake? I'm here. I thought maybe you'd be asleep by now. Uh, that's it. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.